I think we should have also prayed for our Trig Wang, who's doing um, the comrades. For those who don't know, I call Trig um, the thorn in my side. So I said to him last night, just give it horns, not thorns. Um, don't want thorns in his feet or anything. But yeah, our hearts are with Trig as he's doing this run. I think it's his 11th or something crazy. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, as, as Steve said, just Tuesday night, we're so excited for it. And just come ready to be um, unified and to pray corporately and to hear God for us, for beyond, for our nation. Um, it's going to be an incredible time. I think we've got like a full band up here. Um, is it Byron or Ethan on drums? Byron? Okay, we might have to have a drum off before with you and Ethan after the service just to check that we've got our best up there. Um, so this is, sorry, Fazi, I love you. <laughs> this is our final week of In This Home. As you heard, and we really have just spent four weeks talking about who we hope to be. And we, we just pray that as this gets massaged through our life groups, through our serving opportunities, even through our kids, that it would come a time that um, if, if one of us were to have a little bit of blood spill and they tested the DNA, that the DNA would read exactly that, that we would be this spiritual people who participate in God's agenda, not, not like let's strive and work more. It's like, what is God saying? Let's do that thing in God's agenda to set diverse people free. And through encountering Jesus, because it's in, in encountering Jesus that this becomes a really healthy, life-giving thing, that we would become a radically loving and giving community who are encouraged and supported to run bravely through earthly barriers. You know, I think that's what we saw with Nat today, because um, we want to run bravely through earthly barriers in our unique and individual purposes. And, and that was God just all over that saying, yes, I know, I know you're not sure and you're uncertain and it's been a lot of doubt about what you should be doing. But yeah, my girl, you're on the right track. And then finally to celebrate as a family, and that's what we did when we heard Nat's testimony, we get to celebrate that God is all over that thing for Nat and we can applaud that together. So that's who we want to be as a people. And I have said um, in the weeks past that we've had these two very key things that are foundational to everything, that we've um, had many words spoken and, um, and in many instances that have happened where we have already been labeled as a, a people of radical faith, and we believe we have much more to step into in terms of being a people of radical faith, and um, also that we would be different. Now, I know that each and every church in our area, city, and world needs to be different, but I think for me, um, it's just leaning into what God says about how we're going to be different, and um, not, not us simply signing up for what we think church should look like, but really hearing him and going, what have you graced our lot with, and, and what are we going to see in this midst that is just so uniquely different? So, there is um, the last four weeks, we've really kind of pushed more into the, this one line of our vision statement, which is that we will be a radically loving and giving community. And there's a word today that we're going to explore, um, we're going to look at some uh, scriptures from the Bible, around hospitality, because really hospitality is that, to be radically loving and giving. And I know that when I say hospitality, some people immediately go, I don't do hospitality. I'm not like a Martha Stewart or a Jamie Oliver. I don't just have people in my home. Do you know that you can be astoundingly hospitable without ever having anybody in your home? Because um, biblically speaking, hospitality is actually about how you make people feel. It's actually about how you receive them and how you invite them into your space, how you look at them and just what feeling they leave going away with. So whether you like to have people in your home or not, today is for you because hospitality is something that God wants for all of us. And it speaks into our value of being a loving and giving community. So um, 
I am just going to take a, a few moments to speak about a time that I just want to celebrate and applaud that we, uh, when we moved from Kuro, we saw hospitality kick in in you guys. We saw this love and giving kick in. And um, to me, when I see that extent of love and giving, it's because it's a people who are loved and people have been given much. And that's what we saw happen. We saw people galvanize around the course of, of, of saying, this will be a building where people are welcomed in, where we are hospitable. And as they come in, they, they are received well. So I was just recounting all that happened. Um, there was like a month where we had to get this building ready, and it was just the most exciting time. So if you'll just bear with me, and if any of the people are here that I mentioned, you can just high-five them or something. Um, so this very room itself was painted. There was some hideous peach color at the back. Sorry if you were involved in the previous color palette. Um, but we painted in here. We built the stage. The lights were redone. We had these terrible ceiling fans that just messed up the lines. So those were yanked out. Um, we made the kitchen more jaunty. There was one of the life groups who really took on the kitchen and the cool area, whole area and pulled off aged, antiquated things and just modernized as best we could. Um, Carl and Rob made a lovely little paved walkway from the car park up, um, kind of like a paved red carpet vibe, I'd like to think. Um, Jay and Phil made that beautiful kids' area, which our kids have had countless hours of fun in. Um, some ladies banded together to make the cry room a lot more joyful. Um, Banger helped with the jungle gym and a host of other things. He was basically project manager. Um, Leah did our courtyard garden, which is still looking great. Um, it's had its sad days, but it's looking gorgeous today. Um, not because of Leah, because of us. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's only ever looked gorgeous because of Leah. Sorry, I'm totally missing this. I'll just stop talking now. Um, the glaciers gave us fun um, Annie Sloan paints that just gave us a splash of color all over the place. Um, Chris, remember Chris and Kirst, those gorgeous, that gorgeous couple who were with us for so long? Um, they bought us the bacon fryer. I mean, come on, that deserves a great big... Shout out. Um, they planted all the lavender across the front. They gave us those two olive trees. Um, Byron and Elijah mowed the grass for what seems like weeks. Um, the freaky painting behind her was uncovered and then covered again. Um, and then life groups just banded together and just each adopted a space and made it lovely and gorgeous and bright and ready to welcome kids and so on. And then the day before our first service here, People worked until after midnight getting it ready for the first service. And I was actually lying in ICU after a car accident, and I could hardly believe the love and the passion. I just cried so many times as people just sent photos, and I just got all this news coming in of the way people were investing with muscle and love and energy to get this place ready for its first Sunday. What I really saw in that time was just this community galvanized to say against the church, the gates of hell will not prosper, and we're just going to take ground here, and we're going to be a welcoming, loving community. Um, since then, we've had numerous work parties, and we've just seen people investing muscle, time, energy, and it's just so exciting to see. So now, as we close in this series today, I want to just take a moment to tell you some Olive Tree family news. Um, This is actually, for the other two sites, been a series where they are rallying faith together to, um, to get people behind what they believe the next steps are for their church. And I feel like you should know about that and keep them in prayer. So Florida Road three years ago, they um, did a massive building campaign. They needed to get bigger, and they bought the one building, and there was a huge capital campaign done. 
and they would have had enough money to finish everything if it were not for the fact that the ceiling was completely and utterly rotten and would have fallen on the congregation and killed them all had they not addressed it. So that ate into a whole chunk of funds that had not initially been budgeted for. And so they're today giving the people in that community an opportunity to, um, to be stirred by the Holy Spirit and generosity to, um, to partner with Olive Tree to finish off the building so that it can just host all the stuff that they do. They have something like 18 groups meeting there midweek through the course of the week, doing drug addicts, um, uh, helping with drug addicts, um, marriages, parenting, freedom in Christ. They just, there's so much that that building is bustling with life, and I'm so excited for that community to finish it off and to be able to bless people. Then the Kloof site is doing an incredibly ambitious thing. They're about to buy a piece of land and build a kind of a center, really, which is going to just be astounding. It's going to have a kind of a theater, which will also incidentally have church on a Sunday, but it'll host shows during the week, drama things. They're hoping to have a, a kind of an art college there, arty shops, restaurants, um, beautiful like organic food stores. And it's just meant to be this hub of community where people kind of go like, oh, and, and there's a church also. Um, but that's an olive tree initiative. And so that Kloof community today are really, in fact, they, they, they finished up last week. They don't have church today because of the comrades. They can't. It's like you can't even get there. So um, they, yeah, they've had some incredible um, people investing in faith to what they're hoping to do up there. And now, in case any of you are getting a little bit T-Rex armed, don't worry, we're not doing a capital campaign here at all. So don't worry. Um, but what I do know is that um, when we have opportunities to stretch ourselves in generosity, it's a really healthy thing. And so I'm going to give you a couple of ideas for generosity in and around this place and our community, and you can just see what God does with that. It's, it's completely between you and him. Um, just to backtrack to last week, if you weren't here, Gary Blair did an absolutely incredible message on first fruits, which is really tithing. And I'd love you to go and listen to it. If you've ever had questions about it, I know some of us are like, yeah, yeah, we tithe. And others are like, Mm-mm, not so sure about that. It doesn't matter where you're at on that journey, but it's something really worth finding out more about. And um, in a nutshell, this giving of first fruits, this tithing, is just your response to going and putting God first. And something that's really practical and something that means a lot, our money means a lot to us to actually just be able to go, I'm giving of the first lot of that and not whatever might be left at the end of the month. It really establishes something in us that goes, God, you come first. In every area of my life, you come first and then having faith for him to do the rest. So if you didn't get to hear Gary saying, please do that. We, we, we hear in the Bible about tithing and giving of our first fruits. And then there's, there's acts of generosity. So here are just a couple. I'm going to fly through these and then we're going to get into our topic of hospitality today. Um, the first is that we really just want to find ways to maximize this space um, during the week. And as it is, there's no reason to stop us from doing that. So in the coming days, we've been looking into good internet bundles. We'd love to be able to create a bit of a place, maybe even here, where there can just be some nice coffee and some in, unobtrusive tunes playing in the background and some workstation set up and people who don't actually have an office who are being driven wild by their kids at home. You could just come here during the week and, and sit. You can invite friends. It doesn't have to be for people in the church. We'd love to do We'd love to do that. And um, so if there's anything you can think of that you could offer towards um, that, like where it be maybe some nice, big, long, trendy desks on wheels or whatever the case may be, if you can think of anything that could add to that, awesome. Um, you can think about that. 
We'd love to have some general improvements done over time on the building. I'd love this to become a place, I've, I've come to weddings here before, and I'd love it to become a wedding venue again and to be able to just modernize a bit, do the kitchen a bit, um, maybe a fresh coat of paint outside, but just make it a beautiful wedding venue again. Um, our mom's room is needing a little bit of love. We've got a mom, a, a mom to be almost about to pop at the back, and we're in faith hoping that we'll have lots more mums coming through our doors. And that little mom's room could do with a fresh coat of paint and some some laugh and some fun. So if that excites you, won't you chat to me afterwards? Um, we've been so moved to hear of families who've committed to the Wangu teachers, and for those who missed it, there are um, three incredible women who are pouring for no salary into the lives of 35-week um, children in the Wangu community. And um, they're not just doing like a babysitting club, they're actually even trying to further the education so they can give of their absolute best to these kids. And um, they're incredible. So if you feel prompted to give to that, it, it is a really valuable place to give. Um, a small amount every month will be more than what they're getting. So if you're interested in that, please chat to Mel Wang or Candy after service. Um, and then right here in our midst, you know, we're going on this ladies weekend next weekend, and there are a couple of ladies who pour into the lives of our children, and a couple of ladies who pour in in various ways in this church community. And um, we'd love them to be able to come away and um, also just refresh and connect with us. Um, so if you feel prompted to help a lady get to the weekend away or to sponsor a lady, why don't you also just come and chat to Candy and our Candy or our afterwards? Yeah, and then the last thing, I went to a fascinating um, morning, and a very inspiring morning by um, a new organization in the area called Beacon of Care. Now, they're basically a palliative care organization, and they've assembled the most incredible team of specialists to help people who are really struggling with sickness. And um, what's fascinating is that they'll tell you that people absolutely have to have spiritual help at that time. The people who have made peace spiritually are far more peaceful at that time of life. It is an absolute, a doctor, a believer or not, will tell you that that is the truth. And um, so they've reached out to a couple of churches and said, we're looking for people that we can call on when people are having that kind of moment of going, I need to understand more about my maker. And so we, we are invited, um, if any of you are interested, to, to be able to go into that incredibly tender and vulnerable space and just to help people get to know the person of Christ. So if that excites any of you. That's a way that you can just give of your time and give of your gifts. So come and chat to me afterwards if you'd like to be involved in that. I'm going to leave that all with you. But again, I just want to say that we love because we're loved and we give because we've been given much. And it has to come out of an overflow of that. And it has to come prompted by the Spirit. If it is prompted by the Spirit, we cannot outgive God. We can outspend Him with stupidity, but we can never outgive God. So please, if anything is stirred in your heart for any of this today, please chat to me or Candy afterwards. Okay, so today we want to speak into this um, aspect of being a, a culture, having a culture in this place where we receive people well, not only here, but in our daily going about of life. And um, I know that this is hard, and, and some of you are just kind of going like, oh gosh, it's another call to give, another call to um, pour out when we're already feeling so stretched. But I just want to take a moment to say that even I, as one of the most ridiculous extroverts under the sun, also feel this. So I'm really, I'm sharing with you that this is not an easy thing, but I'm hoping that by the end of today, you'll realize it's possibly one of the most important things. Some of us are literally in the space of going, 
If I could just get through the day with nothing else bad happening, that's a win. And for many of us, the last thing we want is to have to entertain a stranger or to have this person kind of drawing on our very limited reserves. Um, for some of us, it's kind of like we've, we've got our safe people and we, we, we're just happy to do life with them because actually it's in stepping out into spaces of the unknown and the people that we don't know that it highlights all of our rejection issues or all of our shortcomings or makes us feel like we're not good enough in any manner of areas because we've kind of gotten ourselves safe and comfortable with the people who we're doing life with. And um, to step into the unknown with people that we don't know is just freaking hard when we're already dealing with so much. Sometimes that um, stepping out and, and being hospitable makes us worry that we're going to be used or have our time, energy, resources drained. And um, honestly, I think all of us can attest to the fact that sometimes it's just way easier to hide behind our series or our phone. Um, I found myself quite often this year, and I'm being brutally honest here when I say that, I found myself sitting at one of my kids' sports practices and knowing that I could be having a completely life-giving or changing and altering conversation, and I'm just so exhausted and so done and so spent that it's much easier to just start reading something. So I just want to say, I get it, and I've, I'm there. I'm there often. But I've been so inspired by just reading up on, on this concept of hospitality and what God has for us in it. So I'm going to start in Genesis 18. And you can read with me on the back or on your phone. It's Genesis 18.1. Um, we're going to look at two ways of being hospitable. And remember, hospitality, hospitality is really just the how we are receiving people. Okay. And the first is how we receive the stranger. That's what we're going to look at first. And then the second is how we receive one another as believers. So Genesis 18.1. This is about the stranger. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to, Mam uh, belonging to Mamre. One day Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed three men standing nearby. He saw them and he ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. How often do you meet strangers like that? Anyone? <laughs> bowing low to the ground? I don't think any of us do. Um, but it really does speak of quite an incredible way of receiving them. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servants with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue your journey. All right, they said, do, have you, do as you have said. So Abraham, I love this because he says, I'll prepare you a meal. And then he goes back and says to his wife, go cook. Um, <laughs> he says, Sarah, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to a servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat and he served it to the men. As they ate, Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where is Sarah, your wife? The visitors asked. She's inside the tent, Abraham said. And then one of them said, I will return to you at about this time next year and your wife Sarah will have a son. Now, they were old. They were, they were close to 100, if I remember correctly. They were very old. And, um, you know, he had this promise about having many descendants, but it, it just didn't seem possible through Sarah. But anyway, they say, we will return in about a year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. So what we can see from this is that Abraham receives them really well. There's something special in the way that he receives these men. 
And um, it pleases the Holy Spirit so much that it actually gets referred back to in the book of Hebrews. So in Hebrews, somewhere in the middle of the New Testament, they refer back to this instance. It's so um, notable that it's referred back to. So in Hebrews 13, 1, it says, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. And I just love this. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. That stranger could be an angel. So something about the way that Abraham received them meant that, um, that he actually, he, he didn't even know it, but he ended up receiving an angel. And it wasn't any angel. It was actually the Lord himself. And it so pleased God that this gets referred back to as one of our teachings that we should be hospitable as Abraham was. Now, the beautiful thing about the story is that Abraham opened up what he could. He, he only opened up what he could. He opened up his home, and he opened up some generosity and gave them food and water, okay? And in opening up his heart and his home in that way, in the very little that he could do, the Lord opened up something that Abraham couldn't open up. He opened up the womb of Abraham's wife. And that's what happens when we're hospitable, is that we allow an opportunity for something to be opened up that we simply can't open up ourselves, There is a way to receive people and a way to look at people and a way to relate to them that can literally release the kingdom of heaven into a situation. We give of what we can in opening and and being receiving, and then God comes through with something that we could have missed out on simply because we weren't ready to receive. So hospitality is not just about what you give for people. It's about how you receive them, and that's how you receive a stranger could be opening the way to actually be receiving an angel. So then we get to look at how we receive each other as spiritual family. Jesus says in the context of sending his disciples out into the world, he gives us this to understand how to deal with one another as believers. In Matthew 10, it says, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. It's quite incredible. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. We're going to get into this now, but it's quite incredible. When you receive somebody with the grace that God has on their life, You get to receive that thing. It's a spiritual principle. And it goes on. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to these little ones, who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. So he's saying, if you receive a prophet as a prophet, you will will get a prophet's reward. If you receive a righteous man as a righteous person, if you see them the way that I send them, So in other words, if we're seeing them with God's eyes, then that thing will be unreleased in our life. And even if you give so much as a cold cup of water, you will be rewarded for it. So I just love that it says, Jesus is saying he sees it, he cares, and there are rewards for it. But I want to focus on this, this bit here about the prophet and the prophet's reward, because he's actually referring back to an Old Testament story about Elijah. And basically, Elijah is um, in this drought famine in um, Israel, and he's run out of food. So God says, go to Zarephath and find a widow who's going to feed you. Now, it's really interesting. You would think that God would send him to somebody who has much, but he actually sends him to a widow 
who has one meal left. She has enough for one more loaf of bread, one meal, and she's actually decided that she's already come to terms with the fact that after this meal, she and her son are going to die. Okay, and, and so of all the people, he says, go, go to that one who are literally on the bones of everything. Go there and get a meal from them. So I'll read it from Kings, uh, 1 Kings 17. Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. This is, sorry, this is now Elijah speaking to the widow. Okay? But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for your son, for yourself and your son. Now, there's only enough for one loaf. So just in her having the faith to listen to this prophet and give him his loaf, she's unlocking the prophecy that she will not go hungry. So um, bring to me that one loaf and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day that the Lord sends again the rain. So she receives this Elijah as a prophet. He tells her this and she believes it. She believes that this is the gift and the grace this man has. And because of that, she unlocks this prophecy in her life. And she has flour and water, and she and her son do not go hungry. She went away as, a, and as um, sorry, she went away and did as Elijah had told her, and there was food every day for Elijah and the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So that's the big idea that when you receive somebody with the grace that God has in their life, with the gifting that they have, you unlock that in your own life. Abraham and the widow didn't have much. All they had as a starting point was faith. He just had some faith and an open heart. They had faith like a child, and they were prepared to receive from whatever, whatever God had and whoever God sent to them. Now, I just want to share a story because I think it, it ties us all up so well. Last week, I was particularly stretched in every single way you can imagine, with capacity, energy, resources, time, patience, you name it. I was completely and utterly stretched. And um, there's a place that I like to go at least once a week. I'm a little bit scared to tell you all about it because I might find you all there, and it's really my, my place with God. It's mine. I, owe this, I own this little piece of land. But is there a picture? Look at that. It's right here. Do you know where this is? It's called High Rock. Um, and it's, eesh, I'll tell you. But just if you see me, don't talk to me. It's my place where I go to just be quiet. Um, and there's, I'm sitting on a bench. There's a little railing that goes down. That's Thompson's Bay around there. Um, but you park at this place in a little road called Rock Lane. And um, I just know that when I go there, I just, oh gosh, it just resets me and, and it expands my heart. And it's just an incredible place to go. So... On this particularly stretched day, week, month, call it whatever you will, I realized that I had one hour gap between fetching my boys and dropping them at home and going to fetch Rachel. 
So off I went with my journal, and I was driving there, and um, I was down to like 50 minutes now, and I saw a lady on the side of the road. Now, you know, there's like three big roads that, that go up, you know, from Salt Rock, from Sharkers Rock, and Belito. That whenever I see ladies there, I always throw them in the car and, and take them up the hill, because it's a big, long hill. It's a, a nasty hill. And... Um, but this lady was standing kind of in between two, and without really thinking, I pulled over, and she came running towards the car, and as I, as I did it, I was like, oh, I was actually annoyed with myself, because um, I didn't actually want to waste the time taking up the hill. Um, I didn't want to eat into this time that I was so desperately needing for me and God. So as she got to my car, I, I just said, I can take you up the hill, but only in, at 3.30, if that's okay, I, you know, thinking maybe she'll just get a lift with somebody else. And she said, no, it's fine. I'm not in a rush. And so she hopped in the car. And I'm like, oh, wow, okay, now I've got this extra person with me um, already. And so um, just a few meters down the road, she just started crying. And um, she just said, you know, that she just started crying and said, we, um, when you go, wherever you're going, I'm just going to sit I'll find a tree or something and just sit there and just pray. I'm just asking God for a miracle because my, my two daughters in high school and now are going to be evicted today. We, um, I lost my job two months ago and uh, today's the end of the road. And um, I've come out in faith today just asking God for a miracle. I've been offering to wash people's cars and she was just weeping. And I said, okay, well, I'm also going to pray, but I really want to pray on my own. <laughs> Sorry. So still, I'm like this kind of me, 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 okay? Um, but anyway, so we, off we walk down, down the road, uh, the little lane, and, um, and as we stand and look at the sea, this stranger and I, I see it and I'm just excited because I just know God's going to do stuff with me. And this poor woman looks at it and just says, it would be easier if I threw myself in. That's how desperate she was. And, you know, I think she had left her house mobilized with faith, but in that moment where she was no longer lonely, she just got real and vulnerable. And she just said, it would be easier if I just threw myself off and went to be with Jesus right now. So um, I still stuck to my selfishness and said, please sit on this bench. <laughs> I really need to go and pray. Just sit here and please just pray and try and feel God's love yourself and I'm going, I'm going to help you just now I had, I had decided that I would give her I had some money in my wallet and I said I'm going to give you this amount only to realize that in a very untypical, uncharacteristic for me move I had actually not bought my wallet I was like being cautious, this is not like me I'm, my husband knows I don't even set the alarm I'm a real shocker but I, I had decided to leave my bag and wallet at home and had instead just popped my bank card in. So I'd said to her, I'll give you X amount and then realized I don't even have my money here. But anyway, so she, she sat on her bench and I went and I, I sat on another bench and I just sat there and just, the minute I look at that sea, I, I'm so reminded of this love, which is just wide and deep and long and high. And it just, it transforms you. It, it changes your perspective and it makes you see things bigger. And my, my little clenched heart that was going up, I just, I just need for me and just capacity just started to increase. And um, I opened my journal and I'd written down a few things that I just wanted to have a sense from God on. And I wrote my new friend's name there and um, I went through my list and I just, he gave me a new amount and um, I just knew it was the right amount. And um, so I finished my time on the beach and I went and collected it up off the bench. She was sobbing so hard now that I was like kind of helping her up the hill back to the car. And as we got into the car, um, 
I got a phone call from a friend. And um, he was phoning with some devastatingly bad news. And so before I knew it, I was sitting in the car sobbing. Now this new friend of mine is like, what's going on here? It's, okay. So both of us are sobbing. So I hung up this phone call and said, um, I'm so sorry. I've just found out that a really good friend is very sick. And I'm, I'm just sad. And so off we drive. Now this stranger and I bawling her eyes out. And she's comforting me. And I'm trying to comfort her. And... Um, we went off and I just, I drew this money that God had told me to draw and uh, I dropped her at the taxi rank and she got out the car and we like saying, I love you to each other. And we sang, I'll pray for you. And it was just like this weird, crazy thing that happened. Um, and you know, the crazy thing is that she was way more of a blessing to me than I was to her that day because you know, as I got that call and I felt so helpless and kind of went, what can I do to help? I felt God say, you can't help everything, but you can help with what I put in front of you. And so in that moment, just being able to meet this woman's need, um, whilst I couldn't meet somebody else's greater need, it was just a blessing. Such an absolute blessing. I did not want to show hospitality that day. I did not want to receive anybody. I only wanted to receive for me. And so even though on the outside, she would never have known that. She probably just thought I was being very sweet and friendly. Inside, I felt like I was being strangled. I was like going, today, God of all days, I just don't have time, energy, or capacity for this. But he knew that I was about to give him my ear. I was going out to hear from God. And he knew what he could use to intersect this woman's life on that day. I just know that with all of us feeling so squeezed on so many fronts, I really want you to hear my heart on this, that I know that it is not easy to extend ourselves further in any way. I really know how much easier it is to check out of all social obligations and just find myself in a book or in social media or in a series or watching sports. I know that it is so much easier sometimes to see somebody I know and kind of go, I need to pretend I didn't see you today because I just need to zone in on what I need to get done. I think that if Elijah had walked past me, I might have also just looked at my screen and put my headphones on and missed out on something incredible. We have the ability to push away the very people that could be the miracle that we need. We could be hosting angels and we don't even know. You know that lady, guys, I cannot forget her face. I feel like it was a heavenly encounter. And it wasn't for her, it was for me. It was completely and utterly for me. What we do as a society when we're so pushed and crushed and pressed from every side is that we build walls. And we build these walls of self-protection and self-sufficiency. And we kind of go, I'm just going to worry about me and my little family and my little friends. That I, and I'm not knocking that. I promise you, I'm there. I get it. But we could be missing out on hosting angels. We could be missing out on unlocking the prophet who has prophecy for us. Or unlocking that person filled with faith who's going to grow our own faith. We could be pushing out the very thing that can unlock a miracle that God has for us. We build these walls of self-sufficiency and self-protection, and we think that we're doing the best thing for ourselves. 
And today we're going to take communion together, and I'm going to give you all an opportunity to ask God to show you where the root is that's caused you to build up this wall. Because these things don't just happen. They come because of hurt. They come because of pain. They come because of rejection. They come because of all host and manner of things that something has just happened that causes us to do this and to shut out and to not be able to receive those around us, the stranger and the believer. We're going to take communion and just allow God to really speak to us about how it is um, that we can dismantle these walls to allow ourselves to receive well those moments of heaven that are around us. The truth is, any time we open ourselves up to this, we could get hurt, we could get abused, we could get taken for a ride, we could be completely abused in, in this person drawing on our kindness. That can happen, that's a reality. But we could also entertain an angel. If any of you are tempted to feel today that I'm, I've got you in a place of saying, try harder, I really don't want you to hear that. Today is about expecting more. It's about expecting more from God, not trying harder. It's just about receiving more so that you can receive others. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Abraham entertained the Lord under that tree. That widow, with only faith, received a prophet and unlocked a prophecy in her life. Babes, would you mind just coming up and just while we take communion? Thank you. So if you want, just please close your eyes and let's just take a moment to pray. God, today we just, we thank you that the foundation of everything that we do is your huge, wide, deep, long, high, incredible love for us, God. That we first understand that we are loved before we can love. That we first understand how much you've given us in order that we may give. God, that you desire for us to be hospitable. That you desire for us to know what those walls are that we've put around ourselves, those walls that are protecting us, that, God, you understand and you have grace for, but you don't want us to live within. God, we've tried to be self-sufficient. God, whatever it is that's made that happen, we ask right now for permission for your Spirit to come in and show us. And brick by brick, God, we want you to dismantle those things, those walls that are stopping us from receiving the angels, from receiving the prophets, from receiving the faith in others that can grow our faith. From receiving the healing, God, there are, we've built up such walls that even we can restrict ourselves in our ability to be healed and heal. Father, today we just want to say, please help us to open the door like Abraham did and receive Jesus. 
We want to let you in. God, we want to ask you to please heal those places in our heart, Lord, where we've been lonely, where we've been rejected, where we're living in a small place because of injuries that have been inflicted on us. God, won't you just come in and heal those places now? We don't want to live small, God. We want to live large because you are large. God, we want to love large. We want to give large. We want to be seen to be people who represent your great love and your great generosity. Father, we know that this just starts with faith, just faith like that widow and faith like Abraham. And so we just invite you in, God, we say, grow our faith, please. God, please heal those places that are causing us to have these walls around us of self-protection and self-sufficiency. God, we give you permission to break them down. God, we ask you to help us to have the eyes of heaven to see the gifts of grace in other people's lives so that we can unlock those things in ourselves. God, you have so much for us. We just want to openly receive it. We know that you want to give it to us, God. And it is only ourselves preventing it. So Father, today as a people, we just want to take of this meal. Um, Reading Revelation again, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door and knocks down the walls, I will come in to dine with him and he with me. So God, we take of this feast today with you. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your body. We take of your body And we are reminded that your body was broken for us so that we could have full and abundant life. So thank you for your body, God. And Jesus, we thank you for your blood, which is a blood that signals a new covenant. And at the cross, with your blood spilled, God, we know that we can find in you such incredible healing. That the pain of rejection, the pain of abuse, the pain of of all things, God, you have bled for and you desire to see us free from. And so, Jesus, we thank you for your precious blood and we invite the, the power of your blood into our lives to invade every part of us, God. Father, today we hear you knock and you choose to have us receive you so that we can receive others. And so God, today we say we will be a hospitable community, a loving, giving community. We will receive people well, both the strangers and believers, God. We will receive so that we could host an angel. We can unlock the gifts that you have graced others with into our lives, God. And so that through it all, you would get greater glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, people. Thank you so much for being with us. If anybody would like prayer off the back of today, if you know that you need some help dismantling some walls, please won't you come up and get prayer. But go into this week, be prepared to receive the stranger, be prepared to receive the believer, be prepared to receive people. 
because God has got incredible things for you in that space. And see you on Tuesday night. Thank you.